it's going to get really rough. It's not even like the fun S&M, like, Fifty Shades way. No, I don't think that's fun anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if I could be celibate the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm just like, who the fuck thinks you're going to tie me up, motherfucker? <laughs> that You'd have to put some legit actual cuffs on me just not to beat your ass. <laughs> that's how murder starts. Oh, it's all fun and games. They tied me up and then they slit my fucking throat. That's why I haven't watched that um, Stephen King Netflix one, Gerard's Way or something, Jared, Gerald's Way or whatever, where the wife is like handcuffed up and the husband has a heart attack and oh. she's stuck in the cuffs and like, I guess she hallucinates and shit. And I was like, I, this is too, that's too real. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy's got a shitty body after the army. Watch him like. <laughs> <laughs> I started that, but it got really, really weird. And yeah, I was like, this is too much. Yeah. Like, as soon as I saw the, the ad for it, and I'm like, oh, he dies and she's stuck. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's not, it's going to be a no for me, Tom. <laughs> so let's talk about how Jules DeRay, part two, where he killed upwards of 200 children. Yay. <laughs> so excited. By the way, this is Jen. And this is Becky. And it's too close to home. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. To our disturbing episode today. <laughs> Don't worry. We have mind bleach coming your way after this. <laughs> oh, we do. That's right. I was like, yeah. do we? Because I know the next one I'm doing is not a mind bleach. But that's right. There's one before that. You're going to need a lot of bleach over the next two months. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Some pretty nasty ones come at you. Mm, yeah. Up until the 11th and 12th century, homosexuality was actually openly accepted. Really? Mm-hmm. And I mean, then, not that there's a problem with that. No, I just but, know it was like. Well, we've always heard, like, even back in those times, how people were like, oh, homosexuality, mm, you're going to hell. Well, uh, in my lifetime, I was alive during the don't ask, don't tell. So I'm right. like, it was okay back then. And then every, all of a sudden, everybody's uh, like, boys oh, don't pump cry. the brakes, never mind. Yeah, like, there's, there's all those stories. But apparently, at one point, the church was like, you know what? Do you boo? No, they were like, no, we're done with this. Oh, this is a well, sin. first they were do you boo, and then they're like, don't yeah. do you boo. And then, you know what? This is gross. Don't do it. <laughs> or we'll burn you at the stake because that's definitely And satanic. throw black cats in there, too. And throw black cats all up in that bitch. DeRay, however, he didn't care. He flaunted that shit. He said that he had hated the female sex since leaving court and that Joan of Arc was an aberration because she was his idol. So he was, he would regularly participate in homosexual orgies. No kink shaming, you know. Do you live your best life? But when the debauchery became boring, that's when he decided to take that pedophilia murder and just dive headfirst in. Mm. He was no longer concerned with money anymore. He became hedonistic and began his rape and torture and murder of 100 to 200 children. He would lure children in with promises of cakes and meats for the children's families. And then he would take them to the dungeon of the castle until DeRay was ready to prey upon them. He did not procure his own children, but he had cohorts go out there on horses and be like, uh, get the children. And they would often participate as well in the cruel and sadistic orgies with these children. They started out looking for the devil and fell in love with murder and torture, a bloodthirst they just could not satiate. He would, they would go out searching for children on horses and they would speak to the parents suggesting that since this child was so gorgeous that they deserved a better life. Why has nobody ever asked me that? Jennifer, you're so beautiful. You deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy pointing at himself. 
I did. I asked. So let me get this straight, Jennifer. You're wondering why no men ever came to your house and said, you're so pretty. Do you want to come back to my house for cake? Yes. (laughs) And this is, again, guys, a lesson on how Jen will probably die. (laughs) It's like cake and steak. Show me the way. How can she have their own true crime podcast and get totally true crimed? Well, now you know. (laughs) All it takes is to ask me about cake. Don't forget the meats, a steak, too. I love a steak. Your house. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> it became common to see the children accompany his cohorts headed to his castle. And they were thrilled to hear that their children were going to be taken care of by him, not knowing that they were being murdered and raped and all that. He would sometimes even pay two to three crowns per child. Two to three crowns? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Is that like a nickel or something? Oh, I should have looked Is it up. a money, um, a sense, a, a, a. It's a tender of money at that time. There we time. go. Thank you. That's yeah. what I was looking for. <laughs> he thought it was fun to get shit-faced and chase children in the countryside, too. Excited to see the children ter- like running in terror. So it would be like all of them on horses, and they're going after him like he's a fox. That's disturbing. It is. He uh, loved young, curly-haired shepherds. That was his particular favorite, but if they couldn't get that, he would take anything. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not, but you better laugh than cry. <laughs> he hired a homeless woman to lure children as well, as women were less of a threat and easy to get the children to come closer, right? Yeah, but you're hiring, like, the homeless people, like, if a homeless lady came to me and was like, hey, little girl, you want to come have some cake? I'd be like, fuck no, I That's don't. That's called the Build Back France plan, okay? <laughs> And so he would pay these women silver for the children. And one particular and very ruthless one was Perrine Martine. And she supplied him with the most victims. 50 to 60 years of age, she dressed in gray and had a black veil to hide her face. Sure. Sounds like a lady I'm going to go right around the countryside with. Right. She would approach these young children and she would lure them with kindness and comfort as she promised them a luxury life, bringing them to their deaths. If a homeless woman comes up to me and is like, you know what? With a black veil over her face. Yeah. Probably stanky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a luxurious life. Okay. What bath salts have you ate? Snorted. Smoked. Exactly. What you been doing, bitch? When the children arrived at the castle, the sadistic torture would begin. They would take the child to DeRay's room at dusk, where he and his fellow pedophiles would undress and molest the children, placing them in sexual positions. He would then suspend the child by the neck with a rope or hook attached to the pole at the end of his bed. Swaying in terror, it would damage their vocal cords till they could cry no more. So like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just that hook would go in and it wouldn't necessarily be fatal. But definitely, they wouldn't be able to talk anymore. And of course, how terrifying to be a young child to be. Oh, how terrifying at any age. Yeah, any age, yes. Uh, But like. Definitely as a kid. You, you know, it's like a very. Like, what? What the fuck? And so he would, at one point, take them down and comfort them. Be like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? I'm so sorry. And like a snake, he would pretty much bite. He would torture and mutilate and rape the children until their throats were slit. He would play in the blood and innards of the children in gleeful delight. Oh. Oh, it gets worse. You're going to make me throw up. 
He then would place his penis between their legs or thighs, never touching the girl's genital organs, and then sodomize the children if he got too excited. He stated that his greatest stimulation would be feeling the child's last breath, breath in death spasms while he orgasmed, leading to necrophilia because he would get excited to do it again. He would sit on the chest of children, masturbating on their bodies as they lay dying, mocking them. And that's where the quote comes from. Very often while the children were dying, I sat on their bellies and delighted in watching them die and laughed at them. As long as blood still flowed onto the floor with some life in their small body, I would remain ecstatic. The dark red stains coming from the victims violated anuses and oozing onto their buttocks and thighs, mesmerizing me. Ugh. And, and all this is in his trial transcripts. So it's not like, I mean, I'm sure some of this stuff was not verbatim, but for the most part, they had a lot of his verbal confessions to all this. So it's like the very nitty gritty details. Whereas Elizabeth Bathory, they didn't put her to trial because it would have been such a big thing. They paraded this on trial mm. for him. He would also have his accomplices open the children's body post-mortem and play with their innards, dismembering them as well before discarding them. Very Buffalo Bill, it was, but if it was 10 times more extreme. Uh, bathing in their blood and sniffing their genitalia. What in the hell? I know. After it all, he would change his clothes and act as if nothing happened. Because that was like the beginning part of the night. Like, he would, you know, do that to these children and then he would go off and party. He would decapitate the children and put their heads on the mantle, asking his accomplices, which was the most beautiful. Keeping the heads and genitals, he decided, were the most precious. He referred to these deceased children as dear angels. I don't even, I'm a loss of words. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I told you it was going to get worse. This one was tough. Like, I had to stop writing for a hot minute after I wrote this. Yeah. Like, I was like, ooh, uh, that's a lot. He had several accomplices, accomplices like Martine and the old, the old lady snatcher, child snatcher. Um, he had his cousins, Gilles DeSille and Roger de Brookville, who both participated. They also had a bit of a homosexual relationship and loved to participate in the torture and murders. Race bodyguards, Etienne Corio, and known as Poitou and Henriet, was an accomplice in many, of the, in many of the crimes as well. Afterwards, after these, you know done this he would fall into a drunken state near unconsciousness on top of the dead bodies while the rest would clean up the bud blood and the bodily fluids around him the tiny corpses were often burned and he would wake up and apparently experience such great remorse because as you remember from the last episode he became highly religious during his friendship with joan mm -hmm. of arc and he lost a lot of that zealot you know the zeal after she died well, he would wake up and be like, oh, fuck, man. That was some dark-ass shit. He would say he would hear their ghostly cries, and he would pray for redemption, making false promises, until that evening when he would start drinking again, and a relapse would happen. If he couldn't find a victim, he would just rape choir boys, never murdering them, confiscating them. Confiscating? Why did I write that? Anyways, he called them his darling boys. So he would just grab a choir boy and rape them and then send them on their way. He didn't kill the choir yeah. boys. Was it because they were choir boys for the church? And he yeah. like, okay. He uh, chose these boys for his, for his belief was that God spoke through song. 
Mm. So these boys were like the voice of God. So like you can't kill that. You can rape it, but you can't kill it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, I didn't know they. There are boundaries, Becky. I thought they <laughs> crucified Christ, but I don't think they raped him. No, I don't remember that part of Easter Sunday service. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But yeah. I was always ready to go hunt eggs, so maybe I just missed that part. Right. <laughs> the estimate began as seven to eight hundred children, but being as this was a time of war, there's no way to say how many were really victims of Duray. So that number goes back and forth, and of course, he was rich. Famous. Mm -hmm. So he got away with that shit for fucking ever. Uh, his brother, Rene, wanting to prevent losing castles and lands as Jill's loved selling his shit, they had to hurriedly dispose of the bodies um, that were not burned. He did love to spend all his money, and he would sell everything that he was legally allowed to sell. Like, there was very few things that he couldn't sell. Like, his wife's property that she brought into the marriage, he could not sell that legally. And his brother, Rene, was like, before this bitch sells everything, you know, let me at least clean everything out. And uh, they cleaned out. Well, no. no Before no, we put no. this castle on Zillow, let me tidy up a bit. <laughs> let me put it on tight a little bit. Well, that's what he would do. Not not Renee, but that's what Jill's would do, actually. Renee was like coming in to inspect the castles or something like that. I'm a little back and forth on that one. I'm not sure like, what happened to lead him to dispose of everything. But mostly everybody else did it but Jill's. He just didn't give a fuck. His cousin Roger at one point decided to wash his hands from the murderers as he knew it wouldn't be long before they were discovered. He brought two noble women to the castle and through a crack in the door, she saw they saw DeRay torturing children. Acting surprised at the terror, he says like, oh my God, don't worry, I'll look into this. I did not have a clue that he was doing this. <laughs> Just go ahead and close the door, though, and let's like, finish the tour. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll find out what's going on later. Clutching thy pearls. <laughs> for real, though. <laughs> he was never arrested or tried for the killings. Of course His not. cousin, um, because he was the one who pretty much was like, let me tell you what my cousin did. <laughs> he, during the trial, the letters were written by Roger to the, to the king, stating how Gilles had murdered and his family's, uh, it was embarrassment to his family's patriotism. And there were rumors on DeRay's crimes as well that there was a blood-written manuscript on satanic rituals and that he killed and devoured children when his new, his Bluebeard name kind of came prevalent. And then he became the boogie, the boogeyman <laughs> in a lot of the local stories, even accusing him of being an ogre. <laughs> <laughs> Ogres are like onions. That bitch is an ogre for real. No man could do that. People were no noticing boys were missing, so the fear was absolutely real. But DeRay called people vicious go gossips when they told him about the rumors. Like, nobody's talking about me. Stop. Nobody notices all these kids <laughs> going missing. One such story of a missing teenage boy was disappeared. He confessed to a priest about it, but the priest, you know, couldn't say anything because the church was like, that's a secret. He confessed. That's between him and God now. In an out-of-court confession, he said no one understood his suffering. His suffering. I was just going to say, he said his suffering? Yeah. Okay. This mysterious curse that caused his act and wondered why he should be punished. Which, uh, we're talking about the curse of the black planet that happened when he was born. Oh, so none of it's his fault. Okay. You know, it is a full I'm glad moon. you cleared that up for me. It was a full moon when I was born, so I can do whatever. Yeah. Totes. That's how I do. <laughs> Sunday morning, 1440, St. Antienne McMorte 
church congregation congregation was worshiping as Jill DeRay busted the doors, demanding LaFarone to leave the church so he could kill him. DeRay takes him to his dungeon, which is a huge fuck up because LaFarone was a Christian clerk and a rep of the church. And it became a huge fiasco. It was a broke a shit ton of French and religious laws. So what happened was DeRay had sold the castle to the brother of LaFarone. And it turned out that he was actually the middleman for the purchase. And the Duke of Brittany was the actual person buying it. And he was pissed because he felt like he gotten swindled. Which I'm sure he's got a little PTSD from all the swindling from all those fucking wizards and shit. <laughs> and uh, these were capital offenses because he hit a religious person, you know, and all this other stuff and accused him of things. He was fined 50,000 crowns and was told to release the prisoners and return the power of the castle back to the Duke. Because he took that Lafarone back to the castle that he had sold and was like, I'm going to hold you motherfuckers hostage. <laughs> He said that if anyone came to collect the fine, they were to be beaten and then thrown off the drawbridge, which makes me want a drawbridge. So I'd be like, throw them off the drawbridge. Can you just go like this? Yeet. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> throw them off. <laughs> so we can be cool like the young kids. Yeet them off the drawbridge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's in the smell. <laughs> he fled out of the king's reach and was declared a rebel. All due to his toxic masculinity about, I got swindled. The king sent a force to retrieve DeRay, and he was like, I guess he's serious. JK, 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 JK. <laughs> I'll release the prisoners, and I'll pay the fine to avoid issues. And then a relative of a high-ranking friar disappeared, and they looked into Gilles closer. closer. Peasants who grieved over their missing children had reported to, you know, uh, people who were looking into all these crimes they're like, oh, he had come, you know, told me my child was beautiful, and then he would disappear. His cohorts at this time also started spilling all the secrets, all the tea, every bit of it. Like, he's going down, we're not going down. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Once the church compiled evidence of the confessions, they handed over to the Duke John V, and he began his inquisition on DeRay's, eventually putting out an indictment to arrest him. DeRay, knowing he had no choice but to submit, he was hoping he could find a way to work his way out of this due to his privilege, and he allowed them to search his castle where they found a bloody shirt of a boy and a knife stealing his spade. That's um, all they found? That's it. They were pretty good at their cleanup. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, they put him in a really nice cell because he was white and privileged, and his accomplices were one by one thrown into a less nice prison as one would imagine a medieval, medieval prison to be probably full of plague rats. Yeah, for sure. Some shitty straw. Cobblestone as fuck. Yeah. Probably some dashes in the wall. You know what I'm saying? Maybe well, a bucket to piss and shit and it's overflowing. So gross. He prior to this was a beacon of hope. You know, he had fought alongside Joan of Arc, which was a very virtuous and religious entity. And then the crimes came to light. Just like Satan's fall to earth. You know, like, oh, shit. <laughs> I guess he wasn't all that great. <laughs> the ecclesiastical court would be the one who was going to determine his fate for murdering children and whether if the act of kidnapping LaFarone was an act of revolt against the Duke. Because those are totally the same. Totally. <laughs> they did create two tribunals for these to, with his respect to, well, 
They did create two tribunals for these with great respect due to his rank. I mean, because you're wealthy and powerful, you definitely deserve more. Duh. <laughs> I mean, did you not see the Oscars thing? <laughs> Shit, yes, that's true. Slap her around the world. It became clear that they were looking to get a confession and were automatically guilty until proven innocent. Not that he was innocent. The way he killed the children and how brutal the confessions were, they transcribed the confession from French to Latin so that only rich, well-read people could read it. Because it was like... Like, not everybody needs to know about it. It's like, this is triple X. We're going to have to put this on the low. Like, crack that shit down. Like, this was like the Spice Channel, like, blurring thing. I was going to say, was that like the version of the dark web? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Threats of torture had brought his accomplices to sing like birds, going into horrendous details. This also may have something to do with their procedures showing them the torture devices. Uh, Like, you either going to tell me or I'm going to put you on this rack of pain. All right, all right, what you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you everything. <laughs> you either tell me, I'm going to put you in this spike box. I'm going to take the confession. <laughs> you know, I think I'd pick the spike box because my alternative is going back to the the dungeon with the rats that have plague in the shit bucket. Oh. So I'd be like, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's get it done with. And they did that thing where they would lay him on the table and they put like the chains on each wrist, each ankle, and they would keep pulling him apart yeah. until it would fucking tear him apart and they would yeah. die Just, slow, terrible deaths. I mean, that that would really suck, but let's, so is dying from rat bites. So they both Ugh. suck. Everything sucks. About but the that. being yanked apart's going to go quicker. So Perlotti, remember him? He's the Italian priest from earlier who was his lover. He was forced to testify. But he couldn't dodge any of the uh, charges of sorcery and alchemy on his behalf. You know, he was like, well, I guess I have to dime him out, but I'm also kind of screwed myself. So he offered to conjure the demon baron for the courts, but was sentenced to life in church prison for heresy, sacrilege and diabolism. His meals would consist of rice and water for the rest of his very short life. A few months. Church prison. Yeah, church prison. Never heard of that. Sounds fun. <laughs> so is like, it like church camp? Oh. All the bad kids? We're making macaroni crosses. <laughs> Rice crosses. Rice. Rice is all they all right. yet. <laughs> It's not going to sustain you long before you no. die. Mm-mm. A few months into his sentence, Rene Duke Lejeune, a secret admirer of Perlotti, helped him escape from jail. Perlotti was made governor of a small commune by the Duke. It is here when that he held Jeffrey Lafrion and held him for ransom, who he blamed for everything. It was his fault that all this went down. And after Lafrion was released, he sought vengeance, leading Perlotti to be hung. To be hung. Hung. Yeah. Everyone from farmers to cobblers, grieving, all testified to the missing victims. At the time, peasants and other lower classes in feudalism were not allowed to speak to nobility. So this was actually quite unique to be able to, like, testify about this. They spoke of children being counted as beautiful and offered up to four crowns for one they deemed so. Being poor and hungry in the middle of a forever war, they couldn't pass it up, especially with the promises that these children would have a wonderful and luxurious life. And it makes me think of that mom in the depression photo. You seen that one where she's like hiding her face and she's got children for sale. She just couldn't afford them. So she was selling them. Uh, Later, they would find that was not the case. One woman sold her son thinking he would become a page of some sort. 
A few weeks later, the same man who brought who bought her son was purchasing another child to which she asked, what of my son? Where is he? The response was, oh, a strong wind blew him off his horse and he drowned in a river. <laughs> that was the best they could come up with. <laughs> you know how light them children are. Like leaves <laughs> in the wind. Strong gusts came, blew him right away. It happens like every oh, Wednesday. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> At one point, DeRay thought he was only charged with heresy, which she was like, I can beat that shit. I fought alongside Joan of Arc. I am religious F book. With heresy trials, um, the accused cannot have an attorney present. It's a guilty till innocent, proven innocent system. Sounds like the American one. Uh, oh. DeRay was not taking any of this seriously due to the history of never being held accountable. Many gathered to watch the trial, which took place at his own castle, which was taken away from him. Which, I mean, that's a good slap in the face. Like, you you know what we gonna do? We gonna, we gonna hold this trial right here in your home. It ain't your home no more, but this is my home, bitch. There were 49 articles indictment, which you can read all of these. They're available. They've transcribed them from back from Latin to French and to English. So uh, he was finally, as they had to read all these articles, he realized he was being charged with more and he became super fucking pissed and decided, remember when I fought for you, King? You remember that? I'm going to need you to come help me out. I'm going to cash in that favor now. <laughs> right. Um, of course, he was like, nah, son, you on your own. <laughs> DeRay declared he was appealing the hearing during to the questions of the legal competence of the judges you want to challenge the judge son even trying to avoid his initial consent to be tried but the bishop overruled his demands the vicar stated the church along with the state appointed the judges and in order to have clear minds the judges would fast from sunrise to sunset to their judgment was not to be questioned I'm sorry they didn't eat and they thought their judgment wouldn't be questioned because when I don't eat, my judgment becomes very questionable. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> very fucking hangry. guilty. And yeah, fuck everyone. You know what? Someone give me a goddamn turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what I gotta say, he's fucking guilty and I get to eat. Motherfucker's guilty. What is the, you know what medieval times are known for? They're fucking feasts. There's even a whole ass fucking medieval time attraction where you go and you feast and watch people fucking beat shit up and you have to fast. I don't feel like fasting was the... I feel like that was the first of many things that was probably wrong with this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A man who drank 24-7, he was no longer allowed to drink in custody because he was in religious jail, pretty much. Oh, I bet he was detoxing like a motherfucker, too. So he was fucking losing his shit. And then once court resumed, he asked him to hurry up as he had things to do. He wanted to donate a large chunk of his money to uh, the church and donate all his possessions to the poor. I've got shit to do, guys. I've got virtuous things to do. <laughs> Don't y'all know? <laughs> DeRay would uh, arrogantly acknowledge the judges wearing a complete white outfit, which was like the sign of virtuosity. And he wore all his fucking medals, all his goddamn relics, like nobility on fleek. Had that piece of like cross with like, he, like put it on a chain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like the original Mr. T. Oh no, Mr. T was a good guy though. Yeah, they went through the forty-nine articles of indictment, all in the trial in great detail, including the abduction and murder of the children. The number of children provided provided in Article Twenty-Seven of the Ecclesiastical Trials Bill of Indictment is a little bit more precise. Gills had killed or caused to be killed, 140 or more children, boys, and girls. 
Another portion of the indictment said that, and this is a quote, that the says Gilles de Ray, the accused, set his purposes, his hopes, and his belief on the invocation of evil spirits, divination, the murder of the said innocent children, the sin of sodomy, and unnatural lust. Thus it transpired, and this is a true rendering. It was actually very interesting to read some of this stuff because they were oh, like, yeah. no holds barred. And to go into the spiritual side, it said that in Article 35, quote, that the said Gilles DeRay, the accused more or less during these 40 years, frequented the invokers and conjurers of evil spirits, div diviners and sorcerers, and that he received, favored, and protected them, that he believed them, that he learned, practiced, and held as dogma the magical arts of geomancy and necromancy forbidden by divine canonical and civil law. Thus it transpired, and this is a true rendering. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the prosecutor reading all the articles, they demanded him to be found guilty, excommunicated, and punished as the law required. This is when Jules loses his shit, basically telling them to fuck off and calling them frauds. Two guards restrain him, but he breaks free and goes off on everyone in the court. Surprisingly, some joined in and how the judges are terrible, becoming a huge argument growing in the court. The lead prosecutor stood up and asked if they preferred to if they preferred to the answer verbally or in writing, shutting everybody up. Refusing to answer, the prosecutor oh, the prosecutor read him articles over and over again, both in French and Latin. <laughs> He's like, case you don't understand it one way, let me tell you one more time another way. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you in another fucking language. <laughs> Eventually they found him in contempt and excommunicated him. And that this is strict as shit. He can't get married, birdie, buried, or receive last buried? buried. Buried. <laughs> or receive last sacrament. And this was the worst Damn. part. They make it sound like so like I, like to me, I'm like, that's it. That's it. He's like, everybody in the room's can't like, can't get oh. a prayer at your funeral. <laughs> you die, you ain't going to heaven. <laughs> I think he already clutched that a while ago. <laughs> well, according to him, he thought he still considered himself Christian. And that he could simply ask for forgiveness, which yeah, means... Yeah, so do a whole lot of other Christians yeah. I know. And being excommunicated means that he could no longer ask for forgiveness. So two... That's oh. what broke him down, though. That, oh, oh, that's oh, oh, what oh, broke oh, him okay. down. Two days later... So the church could decide if he still spoke to God? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. You can't do that shit on your own. Okay. Nah, yeah, I was <laughs> This confused. is not a fly-by-night operation, okay? <laughs> yeah. No prayers at night. <laughs> Let us even think. You're saying a prayer. And I can't believe Fuck you. Around this is the Catholic out. Church. I can't believe you being a pedophile. <laughs> Pot and uh, kettle. Pot and kettle. As Jennifer likes to say, audacity must be on sale. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what broke him down. Two days later, he tearfully accepted the jurisdiction of the court, apologized profusely, and begged them to rescind the excommunication, which they did. What? What? Yeah. They're like, all right. We were just joking anyway. <laughs> I guess since you know, you know, you apologizing. You're not going to kill no more babies, right? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, stated that he would do a full confession if he was able to do so away from the crowds, which they agreed. And he begins his confessions. They decided to torture him to make sure he was he was he's legit. being for real, for real. He's being for real, for real. <laughs> not just for real, but for real, for real. So October 22nd, 1440. This is his in-court confession. Or, and it's 
the transcribed, like their court reporter at the time, I guess. I don't know what they called him in those days, but. By which secret confession that in the said Gilles' presence was read in trial and published and approved by him, the said Gilles Zeray, the accused, voluntarily and publicly before everyone confessed that, because of his passion and sensual delight, he took and had others take so many children that he could not determine the, with certitude the number of whom he'd killed and caused to be killed, with whom he committed the vice and sin of sodomy, and he said and confessed that he had ejaculated spermatic seed in the most culpable fashion on the bellies of I'm the said sorry. children, as much as their deaths as during it, on which children sometimes he and sometimes some of his accomplices, notably the aforesaid Gilles de Sille, Milford Rogerville de Brick Knight, Henriet and Poitou, Rosignol and Petit Robin inflicted various types and manners of torment. Sometimes they severed the head from the body with dirks, daggers, and knives. Sometimes they struck them violently on the head with a cudgel or other blunt instruments. Sometimes they suspended them from cords with a peg or small hook in his room. And when they were languishing, he committed the somatic vice on them in the aforesaid manner. When children dead, which children dead, he embraced them, and he gave way to contemplating those who had most beautiful heads and members, and he had their bodies cruelly opened up and delighted at the sight of their internal organs, and very often, when the children were dying, he sat on their bellies and delighted in watching them die. Thus, in the aforesaid Corio and Henriet, he laughed at them, after which he had the children burned and their cadavers turned into ashes by the said Corio and Henriet. Ew. Right. <laughs> That was had that to be a tough room. <laughs> yeah. DeRay stated that he had been born under the curse of the blackest star and that the that was the reason for his deviance and maliciousness. Okay, I see it. He must have been like a uh, Aries. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Aries. Don't really know anything about uh I don't know ast- anything about that shit. Astrology? Astrology? Yeah. yeah. Astrology? Astrology. That tells you how much I know about it. <laughs> They brought Perlotti into the room in which, at that point, Gilles burst into tears. Um, they both recount the instance where they used the child's body as an offering for the devil. Perlotti leaves, but not before kissing DeRay's on the mouth and wishing him well, which was like a very like, <gasps> thing, you know. Well, the way you said it, you're like, on the mouth, girl. <laughs> on the mouth. Walk right up and kiss him on the lips. Right on the lips. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best tea of everything. <laughs> right? <laughs> DeRay divulged as his fellow ki- divulged all those that were his fellow killers and co-conspirators and during the di- discussion or during the confessions they even covered the face of the statues of Mary and Jesus in the room. Stop it. I can't. I'm done. <laughs> They're I'm like, out. Mary, Stop. baby, you don't need to Stop see this. Stop the recording. I'm through. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidest <laughs> shit I ever heard. Right? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Don't look, Jesus. Don't you? Part of your cross is on his belt, too. <laughs> the shit. God. I wonder if I'd have been that stupid back in those days, or if I would have, if I was born with sense, or it was taught to me. Oh God. Maybe a little bit of it all. <laughs> Duray starts bawling and crying and praying and. The court who felt sympathy actually joins him. Was this true guilt or was it a farce? I, I'm just confused. He 
killed all these babies, did all this horrible stuff, and the court's like, oh, look at he's saying. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, let's pray with him. Pray for you. I'm just, okay, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> he was found guilty of heresy and other religious crimes, as well as sodomy and murder of children. His civil tribune, which was a different trial, because that was the religious trial, they found him guilty as well and sentenced him to death for the murders. Despite all the ways suggested for his sentence, he, it was decided he would be hung to death and burned. They also fined him 500,000 gold crowns. Like yeah, he but had, he was a broke already. I know. Like, that's like these civil suits nowadays, like suing people that obviously don't have, like, what? Yeah. Why? They won $6 billion from Tom down the street. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to do Okay, Tom's going to pull out his private jet and sell that bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's got it in the garage. <laughs> he received his silent his sentence calmly and seemed at peace and had three requests. Two of his co-conspirators, Henriet and Poitou, be executed with him so they would know that they alone, that they would not think that they alone were answering for his crimes, that he was also answering for them. Wait a minute. Hold on. His request was, go ahead and kill these motherfuckers, too. Oh, well, they were already sentenced to death. Oh, okay. So, so he wanted like, them all to be, like, hung we're gonna together? Do this. Yeah, we're going to all three of us do this together. Okay. Let's, Just like how we when, rape these kids, we're going to die together. When you get to the third request, let me guess before you tell it. Okay, well, number two. <laughs> His body would be removed from the flames before being reduced to ashes, and that way he would have the possibility to be resurrected on the final day of judgment. Okay. And the third one is? Bring him one more little boy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just one more for the road. <laughs> but make sure he's got curly hair. <laughs> he also asked that he be buried at a church in Nance in a cemetery for nobility and that the citizens pray for his soul. Sure, 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 sure. No one came to save him and the day was set to hang he, for him to be hung. The executioners walked DeRay, 36, and Henriet and Poitou to the public execution. He prayed and told his accomplices, quote, God in his infinite goodness would pardon the sin if the sinner is repentant. I very much desire to be out of this world where there is nothing but misery. You're the misery. You create misery. Yeah. But okay. He addressed the crowd begging for forgiveness and began praying as the funeral pyre, fire, funeral pyre fire intensified he was hung as the flames reached the rope it dropped he dropped into the fire where he perished fucking hope it hurt i do too hope he's still alive six women removed his body from the fire washing it and taking it to its final resting place his daughter petitioned to have a memorial in the space where he died and to this day many pregnant women will make the pilgrimage to this site in hopes of a safe delivery and good luck what? Yeah. I guess it's like he was the boogeyman that killed children. So let me. I don't know. It's found, it sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> I I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. Um, some people actually, you know, after he died and everything and later on, some people think that he actually suffered from PTSD from the Hundred Years War and schizophrenia based off his knowledge of his actions and his very visibly mental instability. In the early 20th century, anthropologists Margaret Murray and occultist Aleister Crowley questioned the involvement of the ecclesiastical and secular authorities in this case. Crowley described DeRay as, in almost every respect, the male equivalent of Joan of Arc, which, 
whose main crime was the pursuit of knowledge. Don't Mur- put that disrespect on Yeah, her. I know. Murray, who propagated the witch cult hypothesis, speculated in her book, The Witch Cult in Western Europe, that Ray's was really a witch and an adherent to the fertility cult centered around the pagan goddess Diana. So is this where the pregnant thing comes in? I guess. Most historians reject Murray's theory, obviously. Norman Crone argues that it's inconsistent with the what is known of Ray's crimes and trial. Historians do not regard Ray as a martyr to pre-Christian religion. Other scholars tend to view him as a lapsed Catholic who descended into crime and depravity and whose real crimes caused the land forfeitures. And that's the story of Jules Ray. Very good. I can tell you did a lot of research. Oh my and God. I'm very proud of your French. Thank you. <laughs> it was a lot of practicing because you know you like you can Google how to pronounce something. But then you have to keep saying it over and over like and over. Over and yeah. over and over again. I was even asking um, one of the Girl Scouts seniors who take French. I was like, how would you say this? Since you're fresh in it. <laughs> Thanks, Parker. <laughs> and I still probably didn't get it right. Mm, probably not. But I mean... People like me will certainly be fooled and believe that you're 100% spot on. Thank you. Yeah. It was a hard one. And I will tell you that reading medieval literature is not fun. It's very boring until you get to those very spicy ones that make you want to vomit. Yeah. But Jimmy actually suggested this one. And it was like, he killed how many? And I thought it was going to be like a little bit of Elizabeth Bathory in a way that, you know, sounds like some of the shit was trumped up and made up. No, this was legit. Like all these people. He was like, yeah, I totally did that. I mean, I fucking obviously sodomized these children. Do you want to know what I did that you don't know? (laughs) I'll tell you that too. Let me tell you about my beloved angels. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was something that was hard to swallow, but good job. Good job. I heard you laugh at the spermatic seed. I I was like, I'm going to (laughs) die right here in the chair and follow. I love how they were like, let me think of the most technical way to say jizz <laughs> i was like the three-year-old comes out <laughs> also also i try not to laugh because there was once or twice where you you had said you know before recording i kept wanting to call him giles or gills you did a couple of times i did <laughs> i did i did it's, it's hard. hard gills gills that's that the south southern coming out here. Oh, so Gil, uh, <laughs> it's French guy. That French guy. <laughs> but otherwise, oh, even those parts were great. You did a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. I learned a little bit. I learned a little good about Joan of Arc. Learned a little bad about this motherfucker. <laughs> thank God we have mind bleach on the way. On the way. Until then, stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel, and don't bring it too close to home. Don't don't put your angel babies on the mantle. Please, don't. please don't. And please keep your spermatic seed where it belongs. To yourself. Not on babies. <laughs> Sick <Bye>. motherfuckers. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Not on the babies. <laughs> you have to be a little twisted to listen to us. I would listen. When I wrote spermatic seed, I was dying laughing. <laughs> Ready for a cigarette after that. If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>